Welcome to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. I'm Steve Casillo with the April 12th, 2023, 168th edition, always broadcasting from the Somark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield News team. Coming up today, it's Mansfield News and Weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a Mansfield restaurant of your choice with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Community gets passionate over school library books. City unveils plans for a new arts district. We'll talk about it in a moment with the mayor. City gears up with multiple events in honor of Historic Heritage Month. We have the seven-day weather forecast. And in the talk segment, Steve talks in studio with local marathon runner Corey Berlin. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. I'm Dr. Benita Reed, running for MISD School Board. I firmly believe that our neighborhood schools are part of the nucleus that makes a strong community. As a parent and teacher, I see firsthand how an investment into students leads them back to investing in their community. I'm asking for your vote to help keep our Mansfield schools focused on the right priorities to support student success and provide teachers the tools they need. Early voting is April 24th through May 2nd. Election day is Saturday, May 6th. Read more at readformisd.com. Political advertising paid for by Dr. Benita Reed Campaign. Hi, this is Paul Duncan with Trinity Roofing and Construction. There are over 7,500 roofers in the North Texas area. And when a major hailstorm blows through town, that number skyrockets with companies as far away as Montana. In the planning stages of re-roofing your home, it's normal for customers to ask questions such as, where are they based out of and how many years experience do they have roofing in North Texas? Trinity Roofing and Construction can answer each of these questions with confidence. As a family-owned, Mansfield-based business since 2011, Trinity Roofing and Construction recently received a Product Excellence Award by Owens Corning and are a Platinum Preferred Contractor with Owens Corning. Contact us today for a free, no-obligation video roof inspection. Rated A-plus with the Better Business Bureau, Trinity Roofing and Construction. A Mansfield company, not only replacing roofs, but building relationships. Find us on the web at trinityroofingconstruction.com. That's trinityroofingconstruction.com. No matter your familiarity with buying or selling real estate, having an experienced, trusted advisor on speed dial is priceless. The Roger and Beth team of Century 21 Judge Fight is here to be that resource for you. Whether you're buying right here in Mansfield or your dreams are taking you elsewhere, we are ready to help you with turning that vision into a reality. To learn more, visit our website at homesinmansfield.com. That's homesinmansfield.com. I'm Jason Moore, Executive Director of Mansfield Economic Development Corporation, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Community members came out in force to a special board meeting that was called Monday night as the board of trustees were expected to vote on changing the policy on how school library books are reviewed. A similar policy was recently enacted by Keller ISD. According to the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, Keller ISD's policy bans books based not on their educational value or age level appropriateness, but on objection to viewpoints and ideas themselves. 
a violation of the First Amendment. Mansfield ISD board member Kezia Valdez-Ferrar stated that the Policy Review Committee had no recommendations for policy updates at this time, but not before the community had their say during public comments. Since this is a public school district, I urge the school board to make decisions about policy by taking all families into account, not just the ones who they are friends with or the ones who yell the loudest when they don't like the outcome when policy is followed. Will this policy change support MISD values? MISD states one of its values as students first. We are a highly diverse district, socially, culturally, economically. Will all students find themselves reflected in the literature in their school library if the school, the district policy is changed? The district has spent more time addressing this book issue than they have other more pressing issues. And let's be honest, book bans are a right-wing talking point. Nothing meaningful will ever be accomplished by banning a book. But I just want to reiterate that most parents and grandparents want school, want the books to be in the school library that have educational value and are not advocating an alternative lifestyle. And I do use the word alternative loosely. I know the board is working on a new policy, which I am so glad for. I know the board is looking to change policies regarding books. I spent 14 years in the classroom and I'm now a librarian. I love being a librarian. Selecting books for my campus is a duty that I am highly qualified for. When deciding which books to order, there are several different criteria I use that come from our librarian handbook found starting on page 16. Books should promote literacy, present various sides of controversial issues, meet high standards for artistic quality, should be age and ability appropriate, and should enrich and support the curriculum. I believe that we must protect the innocence of children, and sometimes that requires banning certain books. I would also like to say that I was not available to attend in person the joint meeting held here on March 7, 2023. However, I did watch the video after it posted. Some of the books that the public commenters read out of, out of were utterly despicable, and these type of books need to be banned from school libraries. I believe that our librarians are highly qualified. We need to let them do their jobs as the professionals that they are. I want to remind you that this is a very diverse district, and you represent many, many families and many students. And many of you did not win your elections by a big landslide. So our district has different views and very different ideologies. The district has an opportunity to protect our children, all of our children, and that's how many of us have asked for coming forward. I've never requested a book band, and I will never request a book band. I know that there's current laws within that states that you cannot remove a book, but I ask you to protect my child who I like to keep innocent. I won't tread on them, their children, and I don't want them treading on my children. I like to keep my child innocent, and if that is by not letting him read books such as this, then that's what I hope that you do. Banning of books, what an awful, awful phrase. It is awful to think that there are other people that think that I don't have the intelligence or the will to allow my children to read what they want and what they should read. Here's a novel concept. If you don't want your child reading those books, talk to them. Talk to your children. It is not that difficult to open up a conversation with a person you gave birth to. On top of that, the couple of books that were mentioned and the alternative lifestyle that people 
deem wrong. It is not fair for them to deem what is wrong and what is right for other people. As a queer mother of queer children, you do not have the right to say what my children read. The next scheduled regular meeting for the MISD school board is Tuesday, April 25th, 7 p.m. at the Center for the Performing Arts on Debbie Lane. Mansfield City Council held a regularly scheduled meeting on Monday evening. The following opinions of those of Michael Evans may not necessarily reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. We call this a moment with the mayor, and we say good morning to Mayor Michael Evans. Good morning, Steve, and you know what? I appreciate this moment. Let's go back to Monday night and, well, actually started Monday afternoon, a 3 p.m. work session. That is correct. And we we started our official city council meeting at uh, 3 p.m. with a 3 p.m. work session. Uh, That's where we received an update from uh, Habitat for Humanity and their work that is uh, going to start on Sayers uh, Street. Uh, We're talking about building 22 homes there. And, um, you know, a lot of things that people don't know about the Habitat Humanity, uh, the folks with Habitat Humanity, use our local contractors. And um, over the past years, I think um, that they have used them on just about all of their projects. And the dollars that have gone to our local contractors has been a little over a million dollars. And um, also Habitat came with us with a with a big check, uh, a very often. Well, you know what? You don't ever see seldom you see anybody giving the, the city a big check on the cardboard, yeah. <laughs> cardboard placard saying here's a, a forty six to forty nine thousand dollars but it just shows that people who live in mansfield of course they're paying their taxes and those individuals living in the habitat homes they are contributing as well we're proud of that and i'm sure that wasn't the only thing that took place during the work session no we highlighted our uh, council priorities for 2023 and number one it's always about uh, focusing on the future always about making sure that our streets and infrastructure are, are taken care of and that we are putting our energies there. We also will be focusing on strong neighborhoods, uh, of course, a strong economy. We're doing our, our level best to continue to uh, lower the tax burden on our citizens. Uh, safe neighborhoods is always uh, important and a citywide mobility. We, we're we're talking to more and more of our residents now about um, uh, micro transit, not uh, mass, but micro transit. Yeah. And uh, we, we even have people now coming to the podium uh, talking to us about that. And I just want folks to know we are working on that. We're thinking about uh, maybe minivans moving throughout the city, no more than uh, five to seven, I believe. But uh, yeah, those are some things we talked about. And we also had a joint meeting last night with um, our planning and zoning commission uh, for a, uh, uh, it was a joint work session where we discussed the future land use plan. We are serious about that. And we have a good group of our citizens that's uh, working on that and uh, helping us to forge forward in the future. We're excited. There you go. And then we moved into seven o'clock. We did move into seven o'clock at six thirty. We uh, had a reception for our interns and I'll talk a little bit about them later. But um, yes, at seven o'clock, we we did quite a bit of um, celebrations. We had quite a few of those and recognitions. Uh, One was we had a large group of uh, young people from the uh, Ben Barber uh, Innovation Academy, uh, people who are with the our young folks who are with uh, 
DECA chapter, a distributive education. Here's what's so outstanding about that. The DECA chapter here in MISD, they were awarded chapter of the year. And that's huge on a national scale. We're talking about 5,000 out of 5,000 chapters here. So, uh, you know, we, we know, though, that we have the best and the brightest here in Mansfield, Texas, don't we? And in Mansfield Independent School District. So we are quite proud of them. Uh, now, our interns. So so we thanked our spring 2023 interns. Uh, these are young people from young men and women uh, from um, diverse backgrounds in regard to uh, their, their career hopes. And, and they did a great work in the city. As a matter of fact, you couldn't tell that they were interns. We just I mean, they they look like. They were part of the staff and acted like Put it. Put them to work. And look, look and, and they contributed as well. So uh, that made for a good a good night uh, on um, uh, council night. And don't let me forget. Yes, sir. The National Public Safety Telecommunicators Week. That is coming up. That is this week. I'm talking about our 911 uh, operators. These are individuals who are some of the kindest and the bravest of people. And, you know, those men and women actually save people's life. And, um, you know, last but not least, uh, we also had a uh, offered a proclamation to the uh, North Texas Community Spring Litter Cleanup Challenge. So we want to make sure that we keep Mansfield beautiful. See, I tell you, we had a lot of celebrating to do last the other Celebrations, night. recognitions, and proclamations. Yes, sir. Now, this sounds really interesting. What's Tell the, tell the listeners what's coming up uh, to, to South Wisteria. You know what? Last night, uh, and, and those who will, will go back and look at the tape, we witnessed, the, I believe, the birth of our arts district. We approved a development agreement for a project. It's going to include commercial properties, live work units, civic space, uh, um, and more with, a, it'll have more of a focus on cultural arts. And we're talking about 26 acres at South Wisteria and East Broad. People uh, for years have been asking the city to put up a, a stoplight right there at Wisteria and East Broad. So we're going to have that. And um, it's going to become a destination a place for the city of Mansfield. We're anticipating people driving into town to participate in the goings on in this new development. And of course, we know what that means. That always means uh, that they're going to be dropping some sales tax dollars. So uh, we're looking forward to that. And um, again, we witnessed the birth of the arts district and take it now from a guy whose brother is an artist and a guy who was ignorant about art. And that young man is doing better than I am. You hear me <laughs> as an artist and a professor now. So um, I, I just hope that people will, will stay in tune to that and that they will see what's getting ready to come near them. This is uh this is across the street from the library in the back. And it looks like kind of behind Coles and Hobby Lobby. Exactly. There's a lot of land there. There is a lot of land, 26 26 acres. And and also another thing that's going to happen too, uh, we we are we're going to we're going to uh, build a a a right of way so that folks won't all have to pour out onto East Broad anymore. Mm -hmm. They will now be able to make a cut through and 
Access 287. So that's been a long time coming. Excellent. We're excited about it. It's going to be outstanding. I'm telling you. New ordinances came up, especially regarding downtown development. Yes. You know what? Ordinances are just so exciting, I tell you. <laughs> we approved We approved an amendment to the Code of Ordinances that will help uh, regulating development in the downtown district. Uh, you know, we, we've got a lot uh, that's happening in the downtown area. Uh, folks are starting to see it. As a matter of fact, it's like a, it's like a vibe uh, that is in the air, and uh, there are going to be plenty of developments coming uh, to the city of Mansfield, literally, literally, Steve, hundreds. And uh, we approved a couple of zoning requests, uh, for example, on uh, on Kimball for like Manor Homes and on Alvarado uh, Street, uh, and um, also at 1725 East Broad Street. So we, we're going to see different uh, housing types as well. So, so for example, when I say a manor home, it's going to look like a almost like a mansion, but but it'll be be a quadruplex uh, or even duplex. So it's going to have oh, okay. a real palatial uh, kind of uh, a view that 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 old architectural style that's going to um, really going to beautify that entire part of downtown, and and all that's starting to happen anyway uh, in that area. Uh, zoning requests. Uh, we we talked about zoning requests. Uh, the TERS expansion. TERS stands for Tax Increment Reinvestment Zone, and um, this is usually this is usually done in order to help to revitalize an area. So you take the tax dollars that are spent in that geographical location. And rather than the dollars going directly to the, the, the general fund, what it does is it's reinvested back into uh, that geographical area so that you can uh, keep it up and you can revitalize it. So we did expand, if you would, um, it so that the boundaries will include uh, all of McKnight Park, all of uh, Julian Field as well. Uh, it is our hope that uh, we will one day be able to uh, deliver a a veterans memorial park, veterans memorial in the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe that that it did not pass the last time because uh, there was no guarantee that we would not be able to raise taxes uh, with this kind of a configurement, we won't have to raise taxes. And um, I'm hoping that uh, members of the public, of course, here in Mansfield, that they'll they'll respond and, and just let us know how they really think about about that in a veterans memorial, because we sure owe those veterans. Uh, we, owe, we owe them all of the recognition sure. that we can give to them. Consent agenda wrapped up your evening. It did. And uh, a long evening it was. Well, yeah, you know, we went to uh, 10 o'clock, but you know what? When you're doing the people's work, we're all good with it. Nobody, I mean, nobody pays attention to what time it is when you're, doing, <laughs> when you're doing the people's work. We are doing the people's work, and we love it. So uh, we approved six consent agenda items, uh, and um, that included uh, $530,000 for the design uh, of the uh, West Broad Street and uh, Retta Road Street uh, roundabout uh, construction, all that, a, um, a $1,017,000 uh, a two hundred and sixty dollar contract 
for the roof at the uh, fire station number four. Yes, those roofs cost a lot of money. Yeah, they do. Uh, and uh, a $1.2 million contract for a lift station rehab. And let me tell you, uh, for any of us that have toilets in our home, uh, we would appreciate that one. And I think we all do. <laughs> so, I, I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we want to lift it and get it out. So uh, that that's what's taking place. And um, that was uh, somewhat of a recap, if you would, of our city council meeting on the other night. And I always appreciate this opportunity just to inform the folks and let them know that we uh, we have their best interests in mind. We call this a moment with the mayor. We do this every other week right here on the About Mansfield podcast. Uh, Michael Evans, go forth and do the people's work. Yes, sir. And amen. The city of Mansfield is putting the final touches on a month-long celebration to honor our city's heritage. The month of May is Historic Heritage Month, and events that you can expect to see in our downtown include guided walking tours, family photo preservation instruction, manhouse museum tours, a classic car show, and much more. For a full list of the events, log on to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and click on the Links tab. Events are sponsored by the Mansfield Historic Landmark Commission, the Historic Services Department, the Historic Preservation Officer, the Mansfield Historical Society, and scores of preservation volunteers. If you have a comment about the show, the news, or, you know, whatever's on your mind, you can reach us by voicemail at 817-435-2938. Again, that's 817-435-2938. Grant chimed in over the weekend. Hi, this is Grant. What a year we have had in MISD. Our school rating was dropped from A to B. We have a politicized school board. One board member had to pay a fine for multiple ethics violations. One board member who was arrested for domestic violence. One board member who submitted a book review for two books that were unanimously denied. And within the last few weeks, multiple shooting threats and hoaxes across many campuses in the district. It gets better, though. We have mouthpieces that say what our board members can't say publicly, who selectively read passages of books with crocodile tears, expose names of people on book review committees, and create memes on social media saying they support child pornography at schools. These mouthpieces demand parental choice, and fortunately, Mansfield ISD does believe in parental choice. They have been very upfront in informing parents in the district that they have the ability to restrict what books their children have access to within the district. What isn't parental choice is changing something for everyone because you don't like it. MISD has thousands of books in the various libraries across the district, and despite the challenges mentioned previously, the focus continues to be on two books. Instead of focusing on much broader items that will have significant impact on our district, like addressing staffing issues, having best-in-class facilities and programs, and improving our district rating to get back to A rating, we continue to focus on two books tucked into a corner of a library that aren't even part of the curriculum. In the business world, this is called focusing on the 80% and not the 20% that makes the biggest impact. Those two books will not improve our school rating, will not make our schools safer, and will not improve our staffing issues. If you are concerned about two books that 99.9% of the children in the district either don't have access to or won't read, place your child on the restriction list and let's move forward to address items that truly impact the district and the community as a whole not just the demographic you think will get you elected. So what's on your mind? Again, that number is 
888-382-2938. This Friday, April 14th, is National Gardening Day, founded in 2018 to celebrate the hobby of gardening and to encourage gardeners to share their expert knowledge. While gardening in the United States began to take shape in the 17th century, home gardening started to become a leisure activity in the 1800s as villages grew larger and mass produce was beginning. Ornamental gardens took the place of edible gardens and research on plant diseases and pests began. Over recent decades, gardening has become an outlet for stress release and exercise as the act of gardening is the highest form of a natural in-home workout. Gardening is also a wonderful activity for practicing patience. Tis the season, whether it's veggies, herbs, or flowers, get out in the sun and go play in the dirt. It's good for your body and it's good for your soul. Let's head on over to the weather desk and check the forecast for the upcoming week. Colleen. Despite April being one of our rainiest months and also the middle of severe weather season, so far it's projected to be a relatively dry and quiet week. We've got a 20% chance of rain Friday and Saturday. That's it. We're looking at a high of 77 degrees Wednesday, 80 degrees Thursday, 82 degrees Friday, 77 degrees Saturday, 73 degrees Sunday, 78 degrees Monday, and 80 degrees on Tuesday. It's time to turn your sprinklers on. The Tarrant Regional Water District recommends that your lawn receive a quarter inch of irrigation this week. Be sure your sprinklers are ready and are not wasting water. For more information and watering conservation tips, log on to waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. It's a blessing to have volunteers and our pet therapy team at Methodist Mansfield Medical Center. And we'd like to publicly thank them and Methodist Mansfield News to Know. I'm Beth Steinke, and today we are going to take a deeper dive into a developing threat to landowners across the U.S. on the Mansfield Real Estate Report. In this week's Cocktail of the Week, I'll be talking about a cocktail that will really have you wishing that Friday afternoon was today. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is about Mansfield. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube. Wealth Building Made Simple. At Methodist Health System, every person we treat Good morning, class. is a vital part of the communities we call home. Table for two. That's why we're dedicated to exceptional, innovative care. From robotic surgery and advanced oncology to helping you find a healthier path. And hold that pose. Three, two, one. Being there when and where our neighbors need us. The doctor will be right in. That's community and why so many people trust Methodist. The housing market is evolving as interest rates rise to meet inflation. Speculation abounds as to what the future may hold. Do you have a trusted advisor? The Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight should be your first call in all matters concerning real estate and the market. We specialize in residential real estate for both buyers and sellers. 
With industry partners across North America, our resources and expertise can turn the home you've been envisioning into a reality. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more. That's homesinmansfield.com. Congratulations to our latest trivia question winner, Carson White. Last week, we asked, what song is Mansfield High School graduate Mickey Guyton's highest charting single to date? Carson was the first to correctly reply and knew it was Black Like Me, and he has won a $25 gift card to the restaurant of his choice. When we come back, this week's trivia question, this is about Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio 3.0. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. What started out as an audio-only studio, Podcast Mansfield is now a full-service audio and video recording studio, complete with custom green screen backgrounds, two high-definition cameras, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and we can also help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Wealth Building Made Simple, We Are TPM, and Wealth Think Tank Television, just to name a few. So whether you're a hands-on person or just need a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is here to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 right here in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and you get to record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years' experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. It is time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. If you are the first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com, you will receive a $25 gift card to a Mansfield restaurant of your choice. It's brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at joejenkinsinsurance.com. And by the way, I say this every week, Not every winner submits their answer on Wednesdays. So if you're listening on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or you know what, even a month from now, give it a shot. You may be taking home a $25 restaurant gift card. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, one of the longest highways in Texas is U.S. Highway 287, which runs 640 miles from Amarillo through Mansfield and ends in the Gulf Coast city of Beaumont. In 1940, U.S. Highway 287 was changed from another name. This week's trivia question is, what was Highway 287 called prior to its name change in 1940? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what was Highway 287 called prior to its name change in 1940? Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. Hi, I'm Megan Sutton, owner of Shane Boy's Craft Hawaiian Grinds 
and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Angel Biasati is her name, and keeping you healthy is her game. In Methodist Mansfield, news to know. Angel? Methodist Mansfield Medical Center is blessed to have a dedicated corps of volunteers, led by Jody Toller, who strive to have a positive impact on people's lives, giving their time and talent to make our hospital a better place for our patients, family members, our employees, and our community. These inspiring volunteers are true servants. They give of themselves to lift the spirits of others during a difficult time. They offer companionship to our patients and family members and support our hospital and fundraising and administrative efforts. They are one of our hospital's most important assets. Volunteers play an indispensable role, providing thousands of hours of service. Each of them including our fur babies, are passionate about their calling to service. They touch our lives, the lives of others, with their many acts of kindness, their generosity, and compassion. They're essential in almost every area of the hospital, from fundraising to assisting visitors, assisting our patients and staff, and even provide scholarships for our employees to further their education. During National Volunteer Week, April 16th through 27th, we take time to honor our volunteers by shining a spotlight on their work, thank them for their crucial role in providing compassionate, quality care. Methodist Mansfield volunteers are a true blessing to our community. They give of themselves and help make life shine bright for all of us. Join me in taking a moment this week to recognize our hospital volunteers. If you would like to make a difference in our community and volunteer, please telephone Volunteer Director Jody Toller at 682-242-7301. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Angel Biasati with Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Realtor Beth Steinke has her finger on the housing pulse in the Mansfield real estate market update. Beth? Part of the -the behind-the-scenes work I do for my buyers and sellers is to keep on top of all of the latest trends, but also threats to buyers, sellers, home and landowners. Recently, I was discussing title fraud with a colleague, and I wanted to share a frightening story they relayed to me about a recent land purchase. Here's the scenario. The buyer took a home equity line of credit out of their primary home so that they could buy this piece of land that ultimately they would build their dream home. The land was listed in the Multiple Listing Service, or MLS, and was represented by a licensed real estate agent. The buyer fell in love with it. They loved the property, decided to buy it. They paid all cash and closed on their future dream home site. The purchase price was about $150,000. A few weeks later, they visited the property to start clearing it out and prepare for the future build when someone approached them and asked what they were doing. Well, they proudly told the man that they bought this land and they were going to build a home. And that's where the nightmare really began. The person who approached them was actually the owner, and the person that sold it to them was a scammer. Now, how could this happen? First of all, the scammer was really bold and very crafty. They called up a random real estate agent, explained they had this piece of land to sell, and the eager agent sent them the paperwork to sign, photographed the property, and listed it for sale. 
That's not unusual, which is what makes this really hard to catch at this phase. All real estate agents should be asking some really hard questions at this point, but the reality is that most won't. They need the business, and they will pretty much list anything when asked to. The second thing that happened is that the buyer waived the option to buy title insurance to save some money, which may have protected her once she found out that she had been defrauded. If you are paying cash, you can actually waive that requirement, not so much when you're financing. The scammer presented himself as the seller. He went as far as having a fake ID made with his picture on it, with the rightful seller's name on it, making it impossible for the title company and signing agent to know any different. Then the county recorded the transfer of deed because it was certified by the title company. So what happens now? Both the defrauded buyer and the rightful owner have to retain counsel, and this is going to be a huge legal mess for a really long time. I can't tell you how much it breaks my heart to hear of stories like this. The scammer really went to some extreme measures to get that $150,000, and I have to wonder, how many times has he done this? Could this happen to you? I mean, that's what you should be asking. Well, back in October on the podcast, I talked about title fraud and how it is on the rise, and more importantly, what you can do about it. You can pay a service to put a freeze on your title, or you can actually set up a title alert on your own for free today, and I'm going to walk you through that process. So first, go to a Google search bar and type in your county and the words property fraud alert. For my Tarrant County listeners, make sure that you're on a .gov or .gov site before you proceed. Then you're going to click the link at the bottom of the property fraud alert page to sign up, agree to the terms, and follow the prompts. You'll decide whether you want to be notified via email or phone call when your name is being used on documents recorded by the county. For my Ellis County listeners, you want to make sure that you're on a .us website before proceeding with the property fraud alert. Unfortunately for my Johnson County listeners, I was unable to find a link on their website to sign up for the property fraud alerts. Please reach out to the county and make sure they know how important this is to you. What are your key takeaways? Is title fraud a real thing? Yes. In fact, we are seeing a rise in these types of title and ownership issues. Do you need to worry about this new threat? In October, I said no. But the frequency I'm hearing about these things, I will now say, just fix it today and then forget about it, meaning set your alert and live your happy life. Do you need to pay a monthly fee to secure your title? Absolutely no. So how do you protect yourself as the buyer? First, if you're going to buy a house or a piece of land from a random person, just don't. You must not be too trusting You've got to make sure that they're legitimate. And I'll add that real estate agents must ask more questions when listing a property for sale and when representing a buyer, especially on land deals. I just recently represented a buyer on a piece of land that they were purchasing, and we specifically asked the listing agent, was the owner personally known to them? Have they met them? Or was this a phone deal only? You just can't be too careful. 99% of the time, When you go through the normal process of buying, you will be issued a title policy. That title policy is protection for the buyer. Simply put, it's an insurance against claims by others to your right of ownership from the beginning of recorded time to the sovereignty of the soil all the way to the purchase of that property. Had the buyer of that land in our story had a title policy, they may have had some recourse to recover their money from the title company. But unfortunately, all they have is a payment they have to make attorney's fees, and shattered dreams. It is really, truly heartbreaking. 
But let's turn our attention back to Mansfield and see what's happening this week in our local real estate market. As of April 11th, there are 96 active and available homes for sale in Mansfield, excluding new construction. Homes this week range from $225,000, with the list topping out at $1.8 million. It's a great time to snag your first investment property or for first-time buyers to buy a starter home, as there are a number of affordable homes on the market in Mansfield, and definitely even more in South Arlington. Checking in on new construction, there are 141 new construction homes for sale in Mansfield, including the first few listings of a brand new townhome subdivision priced at $380,000 and up on Main Street, and then all the way up to a $1.2 million home available in South Point. Lots of options in new construction space in Mansfield. And breaking news today, interest rates have fallen about a percent since last month. So it is a phenomenal time to get in the game if you've been sitting on the fence. Are there real estate topics you want to learn more about? Send us a message at info at aboutmansfield.com. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred? Either way, you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain serves up a batch of summer peach tea in the cocktail of the week. Brian? This week's cocktail of the week is the batched summer peach tea. A couple weeks ago, I started a new series on batch cocktails, and to remind you once again what a batch cocktail is, it's when you make them by the pitcher or the batch, meaning that you're ready to host and have fun with your guest instead of having to individually make cocktails. And just like our last series, you need to do the freezer math, and I'm going to be doing it for you for this cocktail, but the math process is pretty simple. Just always remember, if you're making it by the gallon, you're playing with 128 ounces, so just get your proportions right. For me, few things are more refreshing than an ice-cold glass of sweet tea on a hot summer day. It's even better when you spike that tea with whiskey, and this summer peach tea recipe does that in a deliciously simple way. The cocktail pairs the smooth taste of bourbon with the sweetness of peach liqueur. And once you brew your favorite iced tea, it comes together quickly. But as always, don't worry about taking notes. I'll always be posting them on bourbongospel.com along with the ingredients and the instructions. So to make a batch made summer peach tea, you need 20 ounces of a good bourbon. You need 20 ounces of peach schnapps and 80 ounces of, in my opinion, peach tea. Peach tea, really, when you combine that with the bourbon and the peach schnapps, the peach tea really just elevates the cocktail. You're going to take all of that and pour it in a one-container gallon, put it in the fridge and chill until ready to serve. When you're ready to serve it, I put it in a breadfish dispenser to make it easier. I fill a glass with ice, fill the cocktail on top, and then top with a peach slice, a lemon, or a lime couple of extra tips. To add sparkle, you can add a splash of club soda or ginger ale or ginger beer. You can split the tea with an equal amount of lemonade for a fun twist on a spiked Arnold Palmer. And if you'd like to take a break from whiskey, not really sure why you might want to do this, but to each their own, pour a shot of rum or tequila or vodka in the cocktail. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at brian at bourbongospel.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Brian Certain. 
Hi, this is Mansfield ISD Superintendent Dr. Kimberly Cantu, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. In the studio today, we have uh, been graced by his presence in the past. He is now a a two-time guest of About Mansfield. And when we first talked, I believe the topic was uh, going from COVID couch potato to marathon runner. Or at least that was the basic premise, if I recall. And uh, back in the studio, because he's got some big news to talk about, Corey Berlin, welcome back to About Mansfield. Thank you so much, Steve. It's great to be here with you. Uh, had so much fun last time and just uh, grateful uh, to be here back again. And wasn't that the premise of the... Uh, the yes, the- not necessarily couch potato, but uh, the fact that COVID really uh, sparked my interest in running, as it did for a lot of people across the country, but uh, how it went from just kind of getting out there and being outdoors, doing something that we, we could do uh, during the pandemic, and now uh, it's kind of now my full-time hobby, if you would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your full-time, because it's a passion. Absolutely. And so you weren't you weren't a marathon runner during COVID, but you're, if I recall, your friend's kind of got you into it and you loved it so much you you to you ran with it right sorry exactly. didn't, no pun intended no yeah I, I was I have a lot of friends that uh, ran competitively uh, which I never did I kind of saw it as a form of uh, punishment or torture but once I started um, really putting some work in and being consistent with it I saw the the benefit of it I saw how much fun it was and how uh, I could really push myself. Uh, to new levels each day. In the past now, because you are now officially a a marathon runner, uh, up to this date, how many marathons have you run? Seven marathons uh, in two weeks. I will run my eighth marathon. In- we're 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 going to get into that. So let's <laughs> let's not spoil the beans here yet. But uh, you've run seven marathons, seven marathons up to this date. Yes, sir. In the last three years. And this date, uh, we are recording this on April fourth of twenty twenty three. Can you name the seven? Yes, I can. Uh, the first one was the Cowtown Marathon in Fort Worth. That was in twenty twenty. Um, and then I ran a, a virtual marathon here in Mansfield uh, with my friend Jeff Baker uh, because a couple, of the ma- uh, a couple of the marathons we had signed up for got canceled during COVID. So we ran a virtual uh, marathon here in Mansfield. Then I ran uh, Waxahachie Marathon. Uh, after that, it was Dallas Marathon. And then I ran my first Boston Marathon last April. Uh, and then I ran last year the Chicago Marathon and also the BCS Marathon in College Station. The BCS. Okay. Uh, let's go back to your list. Uh, what is a virtual marathon? Basically, you run it wherever you want to, but you're running the full 26.2 miles. It's not ideal, but during COVID, there was a lot of virtual races, if you would mm-hmm. uh, if you would say so, uh, because they didn't have... Um, official races. They didn't want to get big crowds together. Um, We ran it virtually, uh, which we ran 26.2 miles, but it wasn't an official race. Did everybody who ran that race, did, did everyone run it the same day? Well, it was just two of us. So, oh. <laughs> so yes, yes, we just ran it the same day. But Jeff and I had trained for the Dallas Marathon, and when it got canceled, um, we just you know you put in all that training, you still want to do the, you still want to run the race. So we mapped out a course here in Mansfield, and it's still a day that I hold special to my heart because we got to run a, a marathon here in, in our hometown, which sure. uh, won't happen very often. 
of the seven that you've run, which one was the most difficult? Definitely Boston. Um, Boston is a course that tests you from the beginning to the end uh, because you run a lot of downhills and then you have um, some uphills at a very tough part of the course, which is mile 16 through 21. And so it's it's a hard course and it tested me uh, probably the most that any that any race has. And yet you're going back to Boston. And I'm going back in two weeks. You're going April 17th is the Boston Marathon. And so this is your second time running. And, and so you're prepared. Yes. I I definitely learned a lot last year, as I was just saying. It, it, it beat me up pretty good because I didn't know what to expect because I'd never been there. So a lot of my training this year was focused on doing better in this in this race. So I added more miles uh, to my routine. Uh, I built up my mileage last year. I think the highest miles per week that I ran was 50. And this year I averaged 75. So I wanted to be more prepared. I wanted to be stronger. I ran on more hills, which is hard to do here in Mansfield, but I went over to Fort Worth a few times and uh, ran with my buddy, Richard Garcia up and down some hills. Uh, And so I I feel more prepared uh, and, and I definitely know what to expect this time. So I'm looking for a much better race out of myself. When you're preparing for a marathon, is there ever a day during training where you run 26 miles? No, I don't. There are people that do, that run ultra marathons or really long races that'll run 26 miles at a time. We try to get above 20 miles three to four times in any given, in any given uh, marathon training uh, block. I think this time I ran 22 a couple times and then 20 a couple times. And then how do you feel, say, at the end of 20 to 22? Well, the goal is to feel pretty good. Right, yeah, right. The goal is to feel pretty good. And, and and I think as you put more miles on your legs, as you become a more uh, seasoned runner, those longer runs don't beat you up as much. And I think I've seen that in myself in the, over the last year, over the last year and a half. I've seen as my mileage has gone up that these longer runs haven't taken such a toll on me. Yeah. Whereabouts, you mentioned you're doing a, a lot of hill training, Where you and, and you mentioned Fort Worth. Yeah. So where, whereabouts around Fort Worth? So we uh, we ran a lot in the TCU area around uh, Colonial uh, Golf Course. Uh, so some of those areas is actually where the Cowtown uh, runs their marathon, some of that course. And uh, Richard's a, a Fort Worth native, so he knows where to put me to, to kind of test me a little bit on some of those hills. How do you think you'll do this year? Well, last year, Steve, my time was three hours and 12 minutes, which I think for my first time at Boston, I was very proud of that because I was just proud to be at Boston. It's such a, it's such a, an honor to run that course, to run that race. And so I was proud of my, I was proud of my time, but uh, I went on to run a 251 in Chicago in October and my my fitness and my mileage has just gotten gotten so much better. So I, I really expect to go under three hours. So that would be shaving about twelve or more minutes off of my time. Right. Uh, we'll see uh, how it all plays out. But that's that's my goal to go under three hours at Boston. Isn't the average, or maybe I'm thinking of the four minute mile? Isn't the average about four hours for for marathons in general? You're exactly right. I think I saw the other day where. An average marathon time is about a little over four hours, four hours, five minutes, four hours, 10 minutes, something okay. like that. And so, yeah, 312 is, uh, and then, oh my gosh, two hours and 51 minutes is is phenomenal. Uh, 
Is there a time that you're shooting for in Boston? Well, I try to go into every race with three different goals, A, B, and C. Um, A goal being your, you know, best case scenario. C goal being, okay, let's just get this done. Worst so, case scenario. Worst case scenario. You said it. <laughs> okay. Someone, <laughs> someone uh, uh, rolling the gurney across the finish line. Right. But you finished. Right. Uh, okay. So my, my, you know... Lower tier goal would be what I just told you, to go under three hours. Uh, middle tier or B goal uh, would be to have a, a Boston um, Boston PR. So I guess that would be the lowest. A Boston PR would be better than 312 anywhere. Uh, second would be under three hours. And third would be my, my personal best, which would be under 251. Uh, that would be, man, if I could do that at Boston, that would be a very, very big personal achievement for me. Boston has... If if I if my information my crack research team has done its its homework, uh, really two tiers, right? There are the 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 advanced runners and then the the rest of the pack, uh, the I guess what would be called the amateur runners. So you're exactly right. There are Boston is one of the only races that you have to run a qualifying time to get into. Mm-hmm. A lot of the majors have this and and Boston was is well known for what what we call a Boston qualifier. So uh they put out these standard times and for my age, I'm 44 years old, so I'm in the 40 to 44 year old age division. Uh someone my age would have to run under a 3 hour and 10 minute marathon to qualify to go run at Boston. Hmm. So I mean it's a very very stringent times and they have different times for different age groups, they have different times for men and women. Um, and so it's it's a hard it's a hard race to get into first of all, uh, but I think what you're also talking about is you, you, they do give you the opportunity to raise thousands of dollars and go run the marathon as a charity runner. And you may not be a a person who is able to run all the time, or you're not able to train all the time. But if you have the the financial means, uh, you can raise money and go run as a charity runner at Boston. Do the other marathons you mentioned Chicago where you your personal best do, do they offer those same type of fundraising opportunities? They do and they also have uh, qualifying times. Boston is a little bit tougher to get into than Chicago. New York is tougher than Boston. Hmm. Um, and then London, Berlin, these bigger uh, world marathon majors, they have very very stringent uh, time uh, qualifying standards because they only have a certain amount of spots available for these big races every year. You are running the race in a couple of weeks, uh, April seventeenth, and are you set financially to at least get you to Boston and back, or or do you want to put a pitch out for uh, uh, for Boston? And we're actually going to talk about two two more races here in just a second. So, uh, are you set? At least for Boston. Yes, we're set for Boston. Uh, God has blessed uh, our family with, um, you know, the ability to go do to go do this race, and I'm very thankful for that. It's not it's not easy for a lot of people, and you know, the biggest thing is you know your hotels, your flights, and and it's a it's a huge financial commitment as well yeah. as uh, you know time commitment. So it's a it's a big deal, and. Uh, we're just really looking forward to it, but I think what you're going to talk about later is there's some other things down the road that are definitely, um, you know, on our radar too. That's right. So for the listeners, go ahead and put your checkbook away, but don't uh, put it too far away, <laughs> you know, because not only is it a financial uh, obligation for the runner, but you're bringing your family with you. So that's three 
plane tickets at least. You know, it's, it, yeah. My it's, wife, my wife Stacy, she is my biggest cheerleader, and she loves coming to these mm-hmm. uh, big races. Uh, my oldest son Bryce got to come last year to Boston because I promised him when I qualified he was going to get to come see uh, what it's all about. And he's he's a runner in his own right. He's starting to run five Ks and different things along with the other sports that he's playing. But yeah, my dream uh, someday. We also have two other uh, two other young sons that are seven. They're twins, Colby and Caleb. Uh, my dream would be to take all of them to these big these big races because I do want them to see you know what their dad is is doing every day sure. you know putting in that consistent hard work and and also show them here's what hard work will do for you it can get you to great things so so the kids will finally figure out why dad's not sitting at the dinner table and they, oh dad's out running <laughs> and uh running from what <laughs> yeah, it's funny you said that because I try to I try to carve out about an hour to an hour and a half in the morning before they wake up because oh, okay. I do have some of that, you know, that guilt of not being there. So I try to make it to where uh, by the time they wake up and they're sitting down at the breakfast table, I'm walking back in the door and it, it, the boys will look up at me and say, how many miles today, dad? And I'll just get, and it's fun to see that smile on their face when I tell them, yeah, I already, you know, did 12 miles this morning. So, you know, eat your breakfast. I got to get you to school. That's right. That's right. Maybe they, uh, there'll be a chip off the old block, just like dad. I hope so. I'm I'm proud of all three of them, and and I hope that they can see. You know, like I said, the main thing is that hard work. You put in the hard work, and you uh, believe in yourself that you can really do great things. Yeah. And by the way, don't think I didn't notice your Boston Red Sox. Well, I thought uh, so. I, you know, I wore my marathon shirt last time. I didn't want to come in here without you know something Bostonian for you. That's right. Today, so that's right. So let's look into the future now, because uh, all right, so April seventeenth, the Boston Marathon, but. That's just that's not enough. I mean, there are three major marathons that take place in the United States. You mentioned Boston, Chicago, and New York, and you're running all three this year. All three in the same year, which I can't believe I'm saying that because they all they all are very hard to get into. Like I mentioned uh, a little while ago, but yeah, it's I. I qualified for all three and I talked to Stacy and I said, look, this is a rare opportunity to do all three of these in the same calendar year. And she has always been one to say, go for your dreams and, and let's do it. Uh, so, yes, I have the privilege of, of running in Chicago this coming fall in October and then a month later, the New York City Marathon in November. How difficult then October, November, we're talking what? Four or five weeks? Four, I think four weeks, yeah. Okay, four weeks. Yeah. How how difficult is that going to be to run two marathons within four weeks? You know, it's, it is difficult. I don't ever want to you know take that lightly, but it's something that if you train properly and you continue to put those miles on your legs, you basically have to choose, okay, I'm going to run one of them pretty hard, and then the next one just go out and enjoy it. And yeah. so I'm, I'm going to have to, at some point when it gets closer, make that decision as to which one I'll really – Flip a coin. Yeah, really go for and then um, you know, kind of just take it a little bit easier on the next one. You've not run New York. So what are you looking forward to uh, in, in the Big Apple? So New York – is known for its marathon because of the crowd support. The yeah. people come out like crazy. I think upwards of 2 million people on the course wow. cheering on the runners, 50,000 runners. And I've had several friends that have run New York and they said it's just deafening What when you go out there and you're running and there's people just cheering you on the entire time. And then the finish is in Central Park. 
Uh, oh, we, beautiful. So just what an incredible finish line to finish in Central Park, where it's just one of the most beautiful spots uh, in New York City. We were we were in New York uh, over Christmas. My wife and I took a weekend trip, and I got to run in Central Park for the first time. And it's just like you're on a different planet. I mean, it's the most beautiful spot. Uh, that I've ever run in, and I just truly enjoyed it. So that's going to be a really fun finish to that race. So Boston in April, Chicago in October, New York in November. There are the, those are the three major marathons here in the United States, but there are six marathons that are considered to be the majors in the world. And the other three, the international ones, are? Uh, you have London, and you have Tokyo, and you have Berlin. And do you have plans on doing those in 2024? You know, my plans are to do those, Steve, uh, how quickly that happens. Um, I don't know yet, but I would love to do those in the next two, three years. Yes, sir. It, it would be um, not only a completion to these six world majors, but yeah. um, some places that I've never been. And um, I think I'm good enough to go run in those races. So definitely looking forward to that. And as we talked about, about, Ten minutes ago, raising funds for for Boston, which you you're all set. But these these are situations, and and I know I kind of sprung this on you. That that yeah, but, I wasn't expecting. But that. we have uh, we've got the we we've got the most generous people in the world right here in Mansfield, where they they give give give. Whether it's the Mansfield Mission Center or uh, to Mansfield Cares, people are in a giving. They're in a giving capacity here in Mansfield. And so, uh, folks, if you're out there listening uh, and you want to help out a Mansfield resident achieve uh, what I'm thinking is greatness, running three major marathons in a year and then three international majors uh, within the next couple of years. If someone wanted to reach out to Corey, uh, Corey Berlin, uh, with an open checkbook, uh, how would they reach out to you? Well, first of all, I, I appreciate you plugging that in. I, I am very proud to live in the city of Mansfield, just like you've told me that you are, Steve. And it's some place that I hold very dear to my heart. Uh, we were, you know, here as newlyweds, and my children were born here. And I'm proud to represent the city when I go to these big uh, marathons. I mean, when, on my bib, when I go to Boston, greatest marathon in the world, it says. Corey Berlin, you know, resident of Mansfield, Texas. So I'm proud of that. And uh, yeah, if you know, if someone wanted to reach out uh, and talk about that or, or, or help uh, with some of these expenses for these major marathons, these international marathons, that would be uh, that would be unbelievable. And um, I, I'm I'm available. My email is Corey Berlin three at gmail.com. C O R E Y. B E R L I N, and then the number three at gmail.com. Uh, that's a very easy way to uh, to get in touch with me. But uh, but thank and you again. Is it coincidence that one of the six majors is in Berlin? I don't think so. Yeah, it's you know it's it's a place that I've always wanted to visit. Obviously, that's yeah. my last name, and uh, that would be a very very uh, cool experience to to be there, and do what I love, which is to to run uh, and take my family. That'd be an awesome experience. Corey Berlin, C-O-R-E-Y Berlin, like the city in Germany. Corey Berlin 3 at gmail.com. Corey, go beat 251. Let's go do it. Let's go do it. Appreciate you being on About Mansfield.
Thank you so much, Steve. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, it's all the rage, and we are going to talk about it with local artificial intelligence expert about chat GPT and how AI is going to change the world. In fact, you're going to want to listen to this one because with the exception of my in-studio interview, I will be taking the day off and the show will be hosted by Adam, a computer-generated AI announcer. That's right, Steve. I know I have big shoes to fill and look forward to next week's episode. As always, this is the place where you'll hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, or support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Head on over to our website, aboutmansfield.com. Right there on the homepage, you'll see it. Enter your email address. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. This podcast is copyrighted by Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this podcast without written consent is prohibited. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield.